0: Welcome to Nobody Told Me That, your source for candid business talk and stories. Your host is speaker and author Teresa Duncan. Sit back, buckle up, and hang on.
1: for another episode of Nobody Told Me That. I have Kevin Henry back with me, my frequent co-host and partner in crime. What's shaking, Kevin?
0: My friend, how are you? It's all good here.
1: I, I'm good. It's it's nice. Uh, the weather has been better, and uh, it's just been nice to be home. I've been home for a little bit of a stretch, oh, and now now dude. it starts again.
0: Yep. <laughs> See, I, I, right after we're done, I head to Chicago for a meeting. So, uh, yeah, it's let it begin.
1: Yeah, exactly. So it, it's nice that I love that teachers have like the summers off and there really is no off season. It used to be for speakers, there were off seasons True. and it's, it's starting to not be that way anymore. And that's, uh, that's kind of not, not good, right?
0: <laughs> a little bit of an adjustment, honestly, it really is.
1: Yeah. Well, we have a hot topic today. Um, Kevin and I were talking earlier and he mentioned that something that he gets, he gets actually a lot of emails about because of recent writings of his, and you all should be reading his articles. He has great articles, of course, <laughs> he's a good author, <laughs> and something that I've heard through the years, but really the volume of it has not been as high as it is now, and the fact that Kevin is getting more calls about it or more emails about it, I mean, I, I it's really good timing for us to talk about it, and hopefully none of you are affected by this topic, which is bullying, but you probably have seen it you you may have it going on in your life you may at one point have been the bully but what do we do for those people that are dealing with it now. Kevin, tell us a little bit about the the conversations you've been having.
0: Yeah, it's been it's been really interesting. And I'm and I'm glad we're talking about this because I think the more it's talked about, the more the people kind of have their eyes open to it a little bit. We started doing a series on dentistry IQ and it was designed for dental assistants Cause, you know, if you know anything about me, you know that's kind of my passion. And we started talking about bullying and the way that people are it's you know, and it's not, you know, punched or tripped or anything like that that in the the practice, but it's a lot of verbal abuse and it's a lot of mental abuse. You know, a couple of years ago, I did an article. I asked dental assistants, the meanest thing a dentist ever said to you and a nicest thing a dentist ever said to you. And that was two years ago. So I thought, you know, with the way that the world has changed just in those two years, let's revisit that topic. Let's revisit some of the things that maybe have been the most painful that assistants have heard. And I invited assistants to not only fill out a survey, but to also, you know, send me an email if they wanted to get something off their chest, if they wanted to be able to tell a story that maybe they've been holding on to for a while. And, And I'll tell you, Teresa, I was stunned with the amount of emails that I got back with people just saying, thank you for bringing this up. This happened to me five years ago. This happened to me 20 years ago. This happened to me, you know, just last week. And it really, it it opened my eyes to that this is something that's kind of been bubbling under the surface for a lot of dental professionals. And, And I will say that it's not just assistants who have been writing me. I had one doctor write me and say, you know, I'm glad you brought this up because my team is bullying me. You know it is really a me versus them mentality in my practice. What do I do? Uh, you know, and, and it's been, and, and I had a couple of office managers email me and they talked about that classic front versus back, you know, a confrontation that we always talk about.
1: I know I have a lot of team members that listen to this podcast, and their you know, first instinct is always to say, Well, what do you mean? You know, doc, the doctor owns the practice, but right, that's not always the case. I mean, I don't know in your situation, the person who messaged you, but maybe they were an associate, uh, maybe they had just bought the practice. I mean, was It's a different situation like that?
0: Believe it or not, no, uh, it was a, it was a well-established dentist and it was, and it was what she told me, uh, you know, and, and again, I'll kind of change just a little bit to protect the innocent here, Mm -hmm. uh, is that it started with one team member and it really turned into what she described as a herd mentality, where if they decided that they were done being productive for the day, they were not going to do anything above the absolute minimum in the practice, you know, so things would be left dirty. Patients would not be greeted properly or walked out, you know, properly. I mean, just little things that she was noticing that they were putting their foot down. And it was almost one of those, you know, make me do it.
1: Right. First of all, that's so bold. Yeah. (laughs) It's so rude. I mean, on so many different (laughs) levels. Uh, I remember one client that I had, uh, she had a front office team who knew they controlled the schedule and they do. Right. So They made a habit of putting in fake patients at the end of the day um, and then claiming that the patient had canceled so that they could all go home early and they were all on salary. So this was great for them. And I remember she, she messaged me and she said, they have put themselves, they have scheduled themselves off on all these holidays and we never talked about it. Like they just went ahead and decided that they were off for all these holidays, like Columbus Day. Presidents' Day and all that, and you know, on the East Coast, especially with all the federal employees, you don't close on those days because no. federal employees have those off. You you are open for those days, and sure. uh, so th- there was there was that going on, and it was you know, And she said, "Well, this is my office." I said, "Well, go in there and open it back up again, and, and see what happens." And then here's the trick, though you have to follow up on it. And yeah. that's, that's the hard part. I mean, what best thing that you think needs to happen in that situation well, with the doctor? I mean, what, what would you, what was your response actually? Well,
0: you know, my response was, and, and you touched on it just a moment ago, you know, ultimately it's your business. It's your name on, on the front door, you know, or on the sign. Mm-hmm. And I really think that it's one of those things that, you know, I hate to say, but if you've got a clean house and almost start from scratch and eliminate the, the issues that are going on, You know, that's something that if it's going to drive you to either not enjoy your job, dread going in or run your business down the toilet. I mean, uh, to me, it's a no brainer, you know, to, you know, to start over is is, sure it's painful, but, you know, it's gosh, it's better than just every day going, what hell is awaiting me today? (laughs) You know, (laughs) you're
1: right, though. That's an awful thing to wake up to. You're in the shower and you're not even like, oh, this is going to be a great day. I've got so much to do. You're like, what fresh hell awaits me?
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, you know, and and one thing that she said in, in her email, and I thought it was really interesting, she said, you know. It used to be when I drove into work, I would think about, okay, I know Mrs. Smith's coming in for a, a root canal. I know Mr. Jones has his denture, you know, and, and she would go through kind of the patients in her head. And she said, now it's going through and trying to think of the booby traps that have been left for her in the past and kind of being her uh, spidey senses going off. You know, if she sees anything like that happen in the day, I'm like, That's just sad. I mean, I I
1: hate to be so, so crass, but screw that. Like if it's your business and and it's your livelihood, I mean, even if it's not, why are, why are you working in an office where that's what, gosh, that's awful. That makes me so sad for them.
0: It does. And, you know, and, and I think that, you know, and like I said, I got a lot of emails back. You've heard a lot of stories, but you and I both know we haven't heard every story that's out there. We don't know of every instance. This kind of opened my eyes to, I think this is kind of maybe a bigger thing now going on in businesses. And I think it's something that, again, it's got to be addressed. You know, it can't just keep going and you can't just, you know, pull the covers over your head and say, oh, well, I'll retire in 10 years and it'll be better. Right.
1: Right. Well, and you, know? you said to me before the call that, You thought social media had a lot to do with it.
0: Yeah, you know, and and this is my personal opinion, and certainly, you know, we can talk about this, but I think, you know, the environment that we're in today, when you hide behind a Twitter profile or a Facebook name or whatever, and you can tell somebody how dumb they are for believing in a political movement, for believing in a certain religion, for even rooting for a certain sports team, you know. And you can tell them how stupid they are, how ugly they are, and all the things that I've personally witnessed. And I think that we've become very bold behind our keyboard. And I think part of that, it kind of shifts over the, into our mentality a little bit just every day.
1: I, I am just so, the whole political scene, oh, I mean, yeah. just kind of to divert for a second. I, I Who cares about the politics right now? I mean, I get it. We, we all vote. You and I both yep. vote. We don't talk about Because it's personal, right? I think that's so personal. And yes, when you feel strongly about something, sure, put it out there. But when that becomes your identity and that's all you're posting, something's up there. And I mean, I'm sure you have, but I have muted a ton of people that I just really don't, I don't want to hear every post like I'd almost rather hear what they're having for dinner. Uh, yeah. You
0: know? <laughs> yeah, take me back to the the, the food posts. You know, I, I'm good with that. Absolutely, you know. Yeah. And maybe that's why I enjoy I enjoy, really I enjoy like Instagram what? a little bit more now than I do any other social media, just because it's usually I sunsets so. or food, you know?
1: And for me, my terriers. <laughs> I love my puppies. It is interesting though, what you said with boldness behind the keyboard is, you know. It also isn't, it's not just boldness. It's the fact that immediately if something pops into your mind, you're not filtering it. You're like going with it right away. And then you complain or, you know, bitch about something. Yep. And then you go, oh, wait, that maybe I shouldn't have done that. And oh my gosh, I remember back in MySpace days. Oh, geez. Do you remember MySpace? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, so I noticed this was a problem back in MySpace days because that's when it all started really that you could post about somebody else. And do you remember you had the friend list where you had 10 you had to pick your 10 best friends. Oh, and, and people would get um, so
0: pissed off if you weren't in their top 10.
1: Exactly. And you would notice, you know, so if a coworker got mad at you and you went to visit their, sp- their page and you were suddenly not in the top 10, you were like, oh, it's <laughs> on tomorrow. Like
0: that you That's know, right? I forgot about
1: that. <laughs> That's when it started. I remember we had one. She was she was the bane of my existence, and <laughs> yeah. it's so funny because I, I she's the one who also made me like stop in the hallway and be like, I don't want to go in, and I would stand outside. I, I've told that story yeah. before. She she would constantly leave these passive aggressive aggressive comments on MySpace about you know her manager sucks and her manager this yeah. and her manager that, and, and I remember we had a consultant at that point. The wonderful Debbie Castagna was our office consultant and. And it was so fresh and new that there's no, there's no HR laws about yeah. it. There's, there's just nothing about it. So I can tell you from seeing that change over the years, back then there was nothing to do except for maybe have a co- talk about morale and all that. But now you do have you know, rules about representing the practice, but you also can't restrict what they have to say, you know, about the workplace. So you got to be real careful with that, but you can always point it back to, this is affecting the morale of the practice, the conversations that you two are having, you know, we're not providing the best care. You can always attack it from there. But I remember those days of walking in and just hating every moment of being there. So I feel so strongly for these people. That's, that's awful. It, it,
0: it is. And it's something that, you know, I certainly, you know, I know you and I can both give our advice and we can both, you know, talk about the past and everything else. But I, I think it's really up to people listening and people who are reading these articles that they've got to take that stand and say, you know, enough's enough. You know, not like, a, you know, a Christmas story where you actually punch the bully in the face, not advocating that. But I, I think it is it's something. so
1: satisfying, right? <laughs> satisfying Oh yeah. Much.
0: Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> but but you know I think it is something that you've got to have some kind of conversation and say, look, this has to stop. You know, I mean, it, it's affecting our business, it's affecting our morale. You know, and and a lot of times that's going to fall on the dentist. He or she's kind of seeing this go on in the practice. They've got to put a stop to that. And the leadership's got to come up and say, look. It's not going to happen here. That's it's affecting all of our livelihoods, and and I can tell you, you know, and I've told this story, but as a patient, you know when something's going on. You know when there's there's tension in the practice, and the last thing you want to be doing is sitting there uh, undergoing a procedure and knowing that the people who are working on you or helping you supposedly are actually grinding on each other just because they hate each other so much.
1: You know? <laughs> I remember I remember there was a client that I had and the assistant was so good with patients. I mean, just sweet and charming. You wouldn't have known she was evil. <laughs> And then and, but the way she treated everybody else was, you know, she was the queen bee and you better listen to her. But the patients just loved her. Making that case, though, to the doctor was really hard because yeah. all he saw was how effective she was. So what do you say to a doctor where he says, oh, my gosh, she's so good with patients and patients love her. Why would I get rid of her? What What do you say to that?
0: I don't know that it's a, it's a getting rid. I think that I think there's got to be, though, some kind of, you know, I think if you're a doctor you know, and certainly weigh in on this, uh, you know, but I think if you're a doctor and you're hearing that something's going on, I think you've got to at least investigate it or at least see if there's some truth. Let's be honest. You and I both know some folks who overreact to things, just as, just as coach, you know, it happens, sure. but I, but I think it's well worth at least checking out and seeing, you know, if there's something going on, yeah, and, and there are a lot of two-faced folks out there, too, who will stab you in the back and then smile to your face. Yeah. But I, I think it's really important the doctors show that leadership and, and really think about, you know, this is, it's our business, absolutely, but it's also my name on there. It's my reputation. Uh, I think you've got to take that step and see if there's some truth to what's going on or what you're hearing.
1: Are we overcomplicating this? What I mean is, Way back in the day, you and I both, you know, you have the lovely Julia and I have the rambunctious (laughs) Noah. When we were younger parents and our kids were bullied, the one piece of advice I always gave them was you need to push back. Yeah. Because. The bully will leave you alone when you push yep. back. Bullies only go after the ones that they can continue to bully because it gives them that sense of, you know, I'm so much better than you. Yeah. And if you push back, they don't get that feeling. Is that the similar advice?
0: Yeah, Honestly, yeah. I've told Julia since the day she was born and she's going to be 21 in February, which just still blows my mind. If you don't believe in yourself, who else is going to? And I think that this mm-hmm. is a great part of that as well. If you start letting that bully put those seeds in your head that you're dumb, you're you know you're you're ugly, you don't know what you're talking about, all those things, then they win. And so I really think it is one of those things that you've got to not let those seeds be planted. You've got to stand up for yourself. Gosh, it's it's hard for me to say verbally punch back, but yeah, you know you've you've got to make, let them know that that crap's not happening here.
1: Well, there's always the uh, what they call in literary terms, they call it the wit of the staircase. Have you heard this term? No, before? what is that? So, it's called The Wit of the Staircase, and it goes back to old Victorian times, you know, like Pride and Prejudice and all that, okay. where you would be upset with somebody. And then, as you're climbing the staircase away from them, all of a sudden, the best comeback ever comes to your mind. <laughs> and it's the same thing where, like, you're driving home and you replay oh, that conversation. I wish I said that. Yeah. And you're like, Yeah, you're like, Oh, man, I would have just <laughs> decimated her if I had told her that, you know, her makeup isn't blended correctly or all that, you there know, you all go. that
0: stuff. There you go. <laughs> Yeah, you you would I've never come up with that comeback. That'd be a good one though. Right? Well,
1: I'm telling you, you would, yeah, you would go for a different tact, but you know, girls will go a little bit, you know, like that, that does not match at all. You look awful. Those colors are awful. You know, your grays are showing all that kind of stuff. But that's what, that's what the, the term is. The liter- literary term is for that. And I always, I would always have that on the ride home. I would say, you know, I, I even, not even like bullying conversations, but just managerial conversations where I tried to have a, a good talk with a client or I had a good talk with a, an employee. And I would say, Oh man, I could always, I could handle that better. And, and I think it's okay to, to allow yourself to not beat yourself up over that. Just remember that for the next time or remember the thought process. But I think the most important part is you thought about it later. And I think sometimes that's a good thing because when you react so strongly and and i mean i don't know if you've seen it but i have definitely seen physical altercations in the office or had to deal with the aftermath of it i'd rather you take a deep breath and not do that that that's a whole different can of worms that a doctor has to deal with
0: that really is kind of a one of those that you're just like oh my god is this really happening when it does come to physical and i think it's so important that we all social media wise anything wise take that deep breath and go is this something i really is this who i want to project myself to be is this who I really am deep down? And for some of you, you go, yeah, that is me. I'm, I'm a crude person. Okay. But, uh, you know, I, I don't really want you in my life if that's the kind of person you are, to be honest.
1: Absolutely. And and we have to control that, right? Like yeah. who we let into. Our lives are like our little Zen bubble. I mean, True. I love my family. I'm Nothing's coming in there. I, right. you, know, you love... Uh, Dana and Julian, you yeah. got your whole little family bubble, and and why are we letting this toxic stuff in? Let me go back to because now I'm starting to sound like Joel Osteen, and I need. To start uh, <laughs> you know, so tell house, me what
0: you the... can have a bigger house there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Say it like you mean it. No, okay. <laughs> So as far as the stories go, how many stories have you heard of instruments being thrown or something being thrown?
0: One assistant told me, and, and I just, I put this in the article that we just ran in the latest newsletter for assistance, still Assisting Digest, that the doctor would make a habit of trying to grab the instrument out of her hand so that it would cut her. Nice. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that was kind of his little thing because he knew that she couldn't say anything. And I'm sitting here going while she's telling me the story, if it's cutting you and then he's using it, there's a whole lot of issues with that. Let's be honest here.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah. That's that's <laughs> no bueno. Exactly. That's like a whole bunch of paperwork. Yeah, a little
0: bit. The instruments being thrown, uh, absolutely. You know, you shouldn't have to, to dodge and weave at, at work. That's just You know, crazy.
1: I've been a victim of it, actually. Yeah. So not by the doctors. I mean, my doctor that I worked with for a gazillion years is like, I mean, he just would never. But we hired a lot of people through the years and always would hear stories of, you know, doctor would get mad and he'd throw the instrument or he'd throw it on the ground, even though it was a perfectly good instrument to make them get another one or... You know, yeah. make them fetch it and pick it up off the floor, and just it's and honestly, that's just a dick power move. Honestly, oh, completely. Are is. you
0: kidding me? Absolutely,
1: yeah. And and then there was one um hygienist that uh she was in our office, she was leaving, she was already on like her last week. I accused her of taking instruments home because let's face it, I still believe she was taking yeah. instruments home, and we asked to see her bag, and uh, she you know, grabbed some instruments out and was like, well, I was going to, I don't know. She said something oh, like, stupid wow. about how she was sharpening them or whatever. And then she just threw it at me, the instrument bag. And she, I I think it hit me on the shoulder. It was so long ago, I could barely remember. But honestly, she threw something at me. And that was like enough. And my boss, you know, who had tolerated all of the girl, what he considered it to be, you know, girl, girl drama. Girl. You know, he couldn't tolerate that anymore. He had to let her go on the spot. What I found interesting, though, I mean, let's talk about the girl drama, you know, or the drama, because now there's there's men with drama too. Sure. (laughs) the drama in the office. A lot of doctors will put up with it for a long time because, number one, they feel like they'll work it out amongst themselves. You know, it's easier for them to just kind of bury their head in somebody's mouth instead of dealing with the drama there. And number two, they chalk it up to, and I've heard this from doctors, you know, you know how girls are. I hear this all the time. You know how girls are. You know how it is when you get a bunch of girls together. I'm not even going to address the sexist part of it because I honestly, yeah. I don't care not about Not touching that. that. that nope. <laughs> it's a bunch of girls. I mean, honestly. So, but whatever. You just can't say when you get a group of people together, it's going to be a mess. Like, you, you can't go into management with that. Mentality in the beginning because then you're going to expect all this stuff and you're never going to make any changes to it. I'm not saying you expect this like high performing picture perfect team, but there are standards. I mean, everybody has to get along to the point where it does not affect the practice. And I just don't think that you can waver on that. And I do see a lot of leaders, managers, and doctors who just let that slide. For various reasons.
0: Yeah, you know, the easy path isn't always the correct path. You know, going back to the doctor that I told you about at the very start of this, you know, the the hell that she's going through right now and still in her mind, that's better than having to start from scratch and just let everybody go or to actually have the conversation and see if it can be fixed. To me, my personality, there's no way that I could get up and do that every morning. It would have to be, you know, almost a my way or the highway type thing, and you've got to say we're either going to work together or we're not working together, and it, it's it's that simple, at least in my mind.
1: Well, and it should be that simple, but then you have everybody else around, and so let's talk about the the cliques because here's what, and I this is why I don't really like when they hire when doctors hire family members, so they'll get one person oh. in, and then she'll say, well, you know, my cousin's great at this, my sister in law's bring him in, and all of a sudden now you've got a built in team. (laughs) No
0: question. You're right.
1: (laughs) When you have the team, like you were talking about the team kind of working against the doctor, when you've got something like that, I mean, you, you really do have to put your foot down and you might end up losing some team members. And I, I was, I remember I consulted with one team where the, it was two sisters at the front and you know, the doctor assumed that if she lost one, she'd lose the other. And it turns out that the the sister that stayed, who was the better employee, she was like, I have a good job. Why would I quit my job for my sister? She, wow. You know, she had made an assumption that if she lo- loses one, so... <laughs> And here's the funny thing with that, Kevin. She knew her sister was problems, but her sister needed a job. And so she recommended her. I don't know. It's so sad for these doctors who have a team that works against them. Let's talk about for a second, a doctor coming in, the team is already in place. You know, maybe they're an associate or they take over because that's the situation I I typically see. You have a team who's basically, you know, they're rigid in their ways and any attempt to change them is met with such resistance. And the doctor's ultimately start to regret that they even purchased the practice. So let me, let me turn it around. What if you were dealing, and I know you've had these come up to you in the, in the courses, you, what if you're dealing with a queen bee dental assistant? Oh,
0: you know, yeah,
1: yeah. How do you deal as a doctor? How are you supposed to take this employee who is, you know, she knows the practice inside out, knows it better than you do, to be honest. Yeah. Um, what what do you do in that situation
0: i think you just hit something really on the head there is i always believe that your happiness and your sanity is far and away more important than having to go through a rehiring process you know or any pain that might come with letting somebody go but if you have an assistant that really is endeared with the patients they know the system they know the routine. And yet you're still getting, you're not getting along with them somehow. I really do think that you still got to have that talk with that queen bee and say, I know you're the queen bee, but I'm still the queen or king of the jungle here, Mm -hmm. you know? And and I, and I do think it goes back to whose business is it? It should be everybody's and everybody should feel like they play a big role in the bottom line. But at the end of the day, whose name is on the, whose name is on the sign and Mm -hmm. who's, you know, who took out the lease and who has done all the things to make that business come to fruition. And I hate to go back to it again, but I really think it's about having that talk, having that conversation because some folks just, that's their personality and they just need to be reminded that that doesn't play well here. Absolutely. And I always hate to see good dental assistants go. I always hate to see them leave a job. But at the end of the day, if that's costing you your peace of mind, it's well worth it to start over and say, okay, let's let's find somebody who meshes with our uh, our culture. You know, and I think that term sometimes overused, but I also think it's really so important that you know what your mission statement is. You know what your business stands for, and everybody in the in that business has to know this is what we believe in, and you've got to be a part of that.
1: Yeah, I like that. I mean, this is this is what we believe in, and you have to be a part of that. I, I think that's really well put because if you don't have those same values, it's much harder. For everybody to do the same job. Yeah. Uh, That that's really difficult. I want to speak directly to the hiring managers and the doctors who are listening. You know, when you start self-defeating with these thoughts of I'll never find somebody like her or oh, the practice is gonna go through such a, you know, problem period if I get rid of him or her, I want you to picture what would happen if suddenly for some reason, you know, and I'm not wishing ill on anyone, but for some reason that person just didn't come to work tomorrow. You know, maybe they had a health issue. Maybe they had to move. Maybe they just quit on their own. What do you do in that situation? And the real truth is you're going to get through it. So whether or not that person leaves you high and dry and you have to do an emergency, you know, with it, that's fine. But honestly, what's the big deal? You have to find somebody else. I guarantee you as doctors, as business owners, you're going to do this a couple dozen, maybe even a dozen times before you're all said and done. Yeah. Don't be scared of rehiring. Don't be scared of letting go someone that is toxic. You're making room for people that are going to be a better fit. It's really funny because, Kevin, I get told all the time, good other consultant friends of mine that are like, you know, you, you just want to fire everybody. Like That's what they say. <laughs> and, and I will tell you, though, that I've, I've tried to rehabilitate a lot of people. I've tried to do the counseling and all that. And I can always tell who's good at that, who's actually workable. Right. You know, so I'm not, I don't fire everybody. I'm just really good at picking out the ones who are not going to be worth the trouble. If you really have that feeling and you don't want to spend the time on bringing in a, a, maybe a culture consultant or a team building consultant, which again is not me, don't call me. If you don't want to spend the money on that because you're like, ah, I don't really want to spend money on Kathy, you know. I mean, listen to that inside i think it's and there's a lot of people looking for work nowadays but on the other yeah. side i just was talking to the managers in denver uh we both were speaking at a denver study club uh a couple yep. weeks ago kevin you and i and i spoke the next night to a group of managers and they're telling me that it's hard to find good people so then i go to another place and they're like yeah it's hard to find people period so good people and people it's that's a distinction that you got to make
0: that's the fear honestly is that people go Oh gosh, what if, dot, dot, dot. What if I can't find somebody to replace them? What if it's going to be harder than I think? And that's why they hold on to those cancers in their practice for so
1: long. You
0: know, the, the devil you know is better than the devil you don't.
1: Yeah. And I tell you what, both devils suck. I mean, honestly,
0: absolutely.
1: <laughs> but there's so many services out there that can help you kind of limp along. I mean, you've got temps. I know temps are not loved, but temps are there for a reason. You've got services that can be outsourced like the billing, the insurance, all that kind of stuff. And if your team is telling you that one person needs to go, believe me, when you bring it to them, that that person is gone and we all need to kind of pull together a little bit because we're operating at half efficiency no one's going to be upset because they're just going to be so glad she's gone.
0: They would, I would bet they'll be happy to pick up a couple of extra duties just because that cloud's been lifted.
1: Oh, my gosh. And it's such a huge difference. Now, I know you've worked in different positions over the years, not necessarily an operatory day in, day out. But do you remember that when somebody who yeah. toxic left? What was the day like the next day?
0: It was a, a freaking party. Yeah. You know, I mean, it really was. You know, all of a sudden people, you could just see in their eyes that they felt like, it's the start of a, a new era here. And it makes such a difference. And yeah, that day that that person left, I mean, I can think of one in particular. It was kind of nightmarish. She put up a very verbal scene, yeah. threw a fit, you know, was screaming, you know, and, and it was it was not a fun day.
1: Gee.
0: But you know what? The second she was out the door and people knew that her key card wasn't going to let her back in, <laughs> it, was, it was like the whole ding dong, the witch is dead thing, you know? <laughs>
1: That's great that's great I, I remember when uh so I've had the two the two at my office that really caused me the most um annoyance of course, I've talked about you know, this girl Kim who's been my my kind of I, I don't want to name the other one who threw the who threw the instrument at me just because i I know she's still in the area she knows who she is, but I'll tell you when when I went home that night you know or the next couple of nights after the air was cleared, you know Norman could tell he was like, dude, you're like Back to normal. You're happy to go back to work. Like you you're now thinking about projects. You're you're back to normal. And then that made me really sad because that means I was truly operating at a real deficit because I just wasn't loving my job, which is not what my boss deserved. That was a real harsh realization too. With that, you know, you may not be getting the best out of your employees if your employees are just dreading going in the door.
0: And and if you're so focused on making sure you don't step on landmine with this other person. It absolutely distracts you from your job and what you should be doing, which ultimately, again, is patient care, you know, and making sure that that business runs as smoothly as possible.
1: Let, Let me take this back. To a higher level, though, we talk in our class, our industry trends class, about things that are happening in the office, and you have you do a great part about the generations, and then also the the rise of female dentists. Yeah, it sounds like you're going to add bullying to your section of the course. Uh,
0: you know, you're, you're you read my mind. You're absolutely right.
1: So let's look at it from a high level point of view, though. I know you said social media. This is not just in dentistry, obviously, because there's so many movements about bullying. What is it that makes bullying in the dental office, do you think, more unique or or harder? to take care of. I mean, do you see this problem going away as we address it more? Or do you think this is one of those age old problems that you better learn how to figure out before you become an owner? Or
0: My take, and, and certainly I want to hear yours. I think it's an age old problem, but I think it's it's grown new legs. And, you know, again, going back to the social media and, and one assistant in her, and I never thought about this, but one assistant her email told me she really thought, you know, how much that we all thrive on reality shows. And we love to watch the drama on The Bachelor or Survivor or whatever it might be, you know, and and she was talking about just how now as a society, we kind of live a little bit for that drama. And I was like, oh, I never really thought about that. That's an interesting take.
1: That is interesting.
0: Yeah. But, you know, I I think that it is something that if you're a business owner or you work in a practice, I think you've got to be prepared for it. And you've also got to be prepared to put your heels on the ground and say, it's not happening. Period.
1: Well, I'll tell you one thing that I've, I joke about often in my managerial courses, and there's no one that disagrees on this, is I always talk about how there should be a charm school. Like, remember back yes. in the day, you took oh, classes yeah. on manners and you took classes on being, you know, a nice person. I mean, I'm, I don't even think we were that at that age where we did the, the charm school stuff that was before our time. But the reason I think charm school is a good idea nowadays is because people just are not great at social chatter. And what right. I mean by that is like in person, I meet more awkward dental team man, uh, members than I used than I used to. And what I mean by that is that the the art of small talk is not good. You know, the art of talking about confrontation, dealing with confrontation, they're not used to that. I am by no means the person to put on a dental charm school, but (laughs) but (laughs) I would not be surprised if somebody came along with a basic manners and something like that in the dental office, because I'm amazed at what people think it's okay to do in the dental office.
0: That's that's pretty interesting. I never really uh, thought back to the charm school, but you're right. You know, and I, I think, again, it goes back to how our society's changed a little bit, you know, and and Noah, Julia, you know as well as I do, they're much more uh, comfortable texting with mm-hmm. us sometimes than talking with us. And I do think that that's something that we've gone through as a society as well is we're very used to popping out the phone and banging out a message real fast instead of actually sitting down and having a conversation with somebody.
1: Maybe we just need to picture chat heads over people's when we're talking, little here. bubbles, you know, yeah, that's funny about the reality shows. I, I had never thought about that. What's your favorite reality show, Kevin?
0: God, I hate to even admit this. Come on now, Julia, you know, Julia got me to watch The Bachelor a couple of seasons. Oh. I know, I know, and I will tell you, I usually avoid shows like The Plague, but that was actually something that she and I could connect on. Yeah. So I'd send her a note and go, oh, can you believe Jillian just did that, you know, or whatever it might be. How about you?
1: Uh, so it's really embarrassing. Um, same thing here, but, you know, we might as well just air it out. And it's it's also, sure. I got Noah hooked on Teen Mom 2. Oh,
0: And, wow. you know,
1: watching, which is actually, it's been really good because, you know, these girls got pregnant and it happens. So it really, it opened up the whole conversation about, you know, safe sex and all that. And it was really kind of a way to talk to him about it without talking about him being safe.
0: That's interesting. And
1: then he really loved the drama because, you know, some of these people, first of all, should not even be together. And, you know, you kind of look (laughs) at them like, I, what did you see in that person? Like that person is truly like an ugly soul. So we, we really get kind of get into that. And it was to the point where when it ended, we were both kind of like, okay, now what? Like we need (laughs) yeah. <laughs> a new show, and I have always watched the 600 pounds Life show.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. TLC has some good shows.
1: For sure. And you know what show I can't have on? This cracks me up, is the there's a show with little people in a house. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I can't have that on in the house because my dear husband who I love very much has a fear of them. He's going to kill me when he hears <laughs>
0: going to say, he's going to that part. <laughs> <laughs> but, if
1: he, but if I want, if I want to freak him out or if I want to, you know, I'll, I'll put that on, but no, I don't do that too yeah. often. Cause that, ha- that has real repercussions.
0: And, and it's funny. Cause whenever she said that I started thinking back to even shows like shark tank, or billion dollar buyer, any of these, you know, there's some amount of drama built into sure. this, and and the way that uh, you know Kevin O'Leary just slaps people down, you know, and that's and people just go, oh well, that's who he is, and we're kind of conditioned to that a little bit. And I was like, oh, that's an interesting. Well, thought. you're
1: dead to me, Kevin. I love when he.
0: Oh, it's exactly. Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but.
0: Well, it's been a good podcast. Take care. We'll, we'll talk soon.
1: <laughs> you know, and it's funny because one of the shows that I really enjoy is called The Profit. I don't know if you watch that. One oh yeah yeah love that show the first season i was like wow this guy with the you know all of this business knowledge it was great and then this season he's focusing a lot more on drama. And I think, you know, obviously the drama is what people are interested in. And I'm finding myself less interested in it because I, I have enough drama in my life in business. So I don't want, really want to watch that. I'd rather watch Teen Moms. As, as far as the, the overall drama, you're, so we're saying drama has something to do with it. And, you know, the news is so full of drama all the time. So we've got, oh, absolutely. We've got drama, we've got social media, we've got people who maybe don't have the skills to a bully down because the one thing about bullies is that they're good at what they do yeah they are so you don't think it's going away
0: i don't personally i i wish that we could go back to a time of manners and you know charm school like you were saying but but you know even then you know if i hear my dad tell the story about the greasers and beating people up and you know getting their lunch money and everything else you know i i know it's always existed you know <laughs>
1: Yeah, you're right. It has. Uh, I, I, yeah, my high school had the same same thing. You know,
0: I wore a pink shirt to school one day when I was in the ninth grade, and I swear to God, you would have thought I burned the wow. flag. You know, I mean, it was just yeah. That was the wrong That's thing to very do. That's brave so, of you yeah.
1: at such a young age.
0: Well, you know, I, I, hey, I step out. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, but uh, yeah, I, I, I was told very specifically by numerous other guys, you don't wear a pink shirt to school. I was like, hey, I'm just supporting breast cancer. I'm ahead of my time. Come on. Oh, I'll tell so. you what,
1: though, pink does look good on certain men hey. i'm always when i see somebody in a pink shirt out there i'm always like wow look at this guy because normally they look pretty good in pink so good for you kevin
0: <laughs> good for me except i think that's the one time i ever wore that shirt and i think it got buried in my closet but you know well that, you
1: better right? show up so, in a pink shirt somewhere
0: well just you wait till i do just you wait <laughs>
1: So so we do have some news on that. So we'll both be at Adom this year. You know, just you're gonna be with uh, the lovely Dana at her Navoni booth.
0: I am the booth babe and looking forward to being there. But you know, ADOM's a great meeting. I always love seeing everybody catching up with you and all the other fine friends that are gonna be there. So very much. I'm excited.
1: I'm doing a, a kind of beginner's class on Wednesday and then on Saturday I'm doing a participation workshop where you take a look at, you know, does is this working for you? I'm super excited about that because the people who have signed up for that are kind of advanced insurance courses. Coordinators and I'm gonna oh, really cool. dig deep. But the the good news is that you and I are speaking at Adom 2019 on our industry trends course. And Very yeah, and I'm gonna that. do another insurance course there, and it's in Orlando. So if I know some people can't make it to San Antonio in July next month, but make your plans for Orlando. I believe it's in July again for 2019. So so definitely do that. But you know that's interesting. We probably should talk to the Adom people about a bullying course because that I, they have to hear it too. I mean, I'm hearing it from managers. You're hearing it from assistants. I mean, I go on some of these yeah. Facebook groups and read about dentists who are terrified of firing their people. And yeah, yeah, I don't think it's going away, like you said.
0: And you remember back to when Adon was in Nashville, there was a there was a, a class there on dealing with conflict, tension, and gossip in mm-hmm. the practice. And I don't remember if that was Judy Kay teaching that or who it might've been, but I remember that room was completely yeah. packed. And, you know, because every, every office had that. I think that might not be a bad I think we idea need to at to make all.
1: a bully beatdown, bully smackdown. Guess, oh, right? let's do like, it. So to bring in our love of, of MMA and wrestling, we need to combine it and come up with like <laughs> power moves, right? Like, <laughs> like we'll lay we'll, the smackdown.
0: We'll, we'll teach everybody how to do, we'll do some good intros. <laughs> Let me tell you, Mean Gene, you know, and all that. So it'll you be great. need
1: to do your job and that's the bottom line.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: and this is where we lose our audience
0: again. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I heard a lot of clicks right there. So, okay. Well.
1: But as far, so let's, let's wrap up here, but let's talk about yeah. if you've been listening to this podcast and you recognize this going on in your practice, I'm, I'm happy to give my kind of two cents on this, but, I, and I want you to think about this while I, I give my two cents, Kevin, what would yeah, you, yeah. what's your immediate advice to these people? So, and I, I didn't prep you on that question. So I'm going to give you a second to think about that as far as uh what I would do if, if somebody, if you're driving and you're in this situation and you're being bullied, I firmly believe that, first of all, if you're not the manager or the doctor, you need to make it, you know, known that this is an issue that you're going, that you're going through. One of the responsibilities as a manager and as a, a business owner is that you are providing a safe and productive workplace. And I take that very seriously. If you're a manager who's not doing that, who's letting things slide, you're not really a manager, you're just kind of a babysitter. I know that sounds harsh, but I think people need to hear that they're not a manager. When you hear somebody that's not enjoying their job as a manager or dental owner you need to that kicks in that instinct has to kick in to make that job better so go to your manager let them know that this is going on and if you kind of get the "Eh, I'm not going to do this or oh she's been here forever oh you know how she is you need to rethink is this the place for you because that kind of letting it slide is not going to go away it's that's a very very hard thing to change and now if you are the doctor or the manager you're almost going to have to pump yourself up to get to this place where you are safe in your mind that if this person leaves, everything is going to be okay. And I'm telling you, it's going to be tough, but it's going to be okay. But you need to pump yourself up for that. And I want you to remember that your office is your office. This person is causing issues in your sphere. How dare they? I want you to think of it that way. How dare they bring this to the office because we're trying to provide this good service for our patients? How dare they interrupt that process? It's not about how dare they be a jerk to you or be a jerk to whatever. How dare they bring this drama into the office because the real goal is treating the patients? It's almost to a point where I think when you're in that situation, you know you need to get rid of a bully. You have to get indignant about it because that's the only way it's going to really, you're going to get that power and that passion behind you to make that change. So get indignant because you deserve a real happy, healthy atmosphere. Absolutely, you deserve that. Kevin, what would you? What do you say to somebody who's driving and, and wow. feeling that right now?
0: Well said on all that. I mean, absolutely. And and I love the how dare you. I, I think that that's really important to to take that ownership. If and I have so many assistants who come up to me and say, I love that I work here, but. Well, then take ownership of that. If you really love it, don't let somebody else drive you away from that. Dig in your heels. Talk to the dentist. Talk to the office manager. Absolutely, I agree with you. And I think it it goes back and, and, you know, maybe I way oversimplify this, but I'm a firm believer life is too short to be miserable. And you've got to do the steps to get whatever is causing you to be miserable out of your life and or to change your environment, change your stars, as it were. You know, so have the talk. Find somewhere else if you feel like that you've done everything you can and you can't go any further, then don't be afraid to step out there. Because, you know, as Teresa and I said earlier, we know in certain parts of the country, now it's not everywhere, but we know in certain parts, there are always people looking for qualified dental employees who love what they do and care about patients. So if you feel like that you've run into a brick wall at the practice where you work, then absolutely don't be afraid to say, you know what, I'm going to change my stars and find somewhere that I am.
1: I love it. Change your stars, change your atmosphere, change everything, go to to better pastures. And so if you're the listener who says, oh my gosh, thank God this is not going on in my office, that's good. What I want you to think about though is look for the warning signs. You know, when you have somebody who starts to become that queen bee and speaking as a reformed queen bee, it happens pretty. Easily. So just be careful of that happening in your office, you know, maintain that culture, keep having these great team meetings where it's you know team building and all of that, because all it takes is one person to step out of a boundary and they realize no one's pushing them back and then it, it starts from there. And I think you have to have a real emphasis on here's the culture of the practice every time you bring in a new team member. can't just assume that they've gone through charm school. It's a lot of work to keep a good atmosphere. I mean, managers and, and doctors have known this for years. Leadership is hard. I, I mean, a lot of people say, oh, insurance is the hardest part of the job. Well, yeah. I mean, it's, it is hard, but really leadership is much harder. Yeah. All right. You are off to Chicago, right?
0: I am. Yep. Absolutely. Going to head that way and uh, looking forward to meeting some of those assistants that we've been talking about. How about you? Where's your next stop?
1: I'm going to Cleveland and going to Toledo. I'm doing a, a, A full day for Patterson. Patterson's actually realizing, and and I know a lot of other places do, but Patterson's realizing they, their people want full day insurance courses. And that's what they're bringing me in for. And I appreciate that. I appreciate when any of these companies realize, okay, we need to pay attention to this, this part, you know, as auxiliary champions, Kevin, you and I are really seeing a surge of companies saying, Okay, we need, we've talked to the doctors till we're blue in the face. Now we need to talk to yep. the teams. And I don't think that's going away, do you?
0: No, maybe I'm very biased, but no, I, I see that that's really becoming a, a trend is that people understand that they can't just let their teams out to pasture and just say, oh, go do your job. No, they've got to know what's expected, how to do it, how to do it better. You know, so, so that's good for you and I. For So we'll
1: keep bringing the message for the auxiliary team members and for the doctors. I hope this bullying discussion has helped for whatever position you're in in the office. I hope that it's helped. And if you know of somebody who you think is going through this or is working in a different office and they know that this is what they're dealing with, please pass this on. Kevin's inbox is open. My inbox is open. We may not be able to move mountains and make it work for you, but we can at least lend a nice ear for you to vent. We feel for you. We do. So Kevin, we'll see you for the next podcast, right? Looking
0: forward to it. Absolutely. All
1: right. I'm going to start my lovely music.
0: Subscribe to this podcast so you'll get our next candid discussion. Visit Teresa's website, odysseymgmt.com. That's odysseymgmt.com for more information on Teresa's courses, books and speaking schedule. Subscribe to her newsletter while you're there. Don't say we didn't tell you that.